delivering Michigan common sense with a big dose of truth and honesty. Still watching developments out of Cleveland. Yeah, still watching the developments out of Cleveland. You know, I, I guess it was predictable enough. It was inevitable, bound to happen. The, but the manhunt widens for Steve Stevens, a man who killed 74-year-old Robert Goodwin Sr. Live on, on Facebook about 2 o'clock on Easter Sunday. Um, a massacre without cause, without, well, apparently... Apparently, there it is, he um, was angry with his girlfriend or something in the place he works, so he decided to kill innocent people. Debbie Jojot is here, radio talk show host, frequent Fox News Radio National political analyst. Uh, Debbie, welcome back to the program. Good morning, Steve. Thanks for having me. You know, it's predictable enough, but I, but I guess here's the, the conflict that I have. How do you balance free speech needs and, and requirements that we all have, you and I you know, live and die by free speech. How do you balance that against the inevitable evil that lurks in our society from time to time? Boy, that question really goes to what's happening in, um, with free speech on campus and outside of Berkeley, as well as this, uh, Steve Stevens case. But do you want to talk Berkeley or Steve Stevens? Well, uh, you know, we, we could cover them all, but I mean, the, the fist fights at Berkeley will get to, uh, the attacks, uh, by the, alleged anti-fascists on those who would have free speech, the Trump supporters, but this time the Trump supporters pushed back. But let's talk about Steve Stevens. The, the, the manhunt's been expanded to include Indiana, Pennsylvania, Michigan, not just Ohio. Uh, and you're inevitably going to have, with, with Facebook Live, you're going to have this sort of thing, you know, lurk from time to time. How do you, I mean, what do you do about it? You know, I know there will be people claiming, well, if we just didn't have Facebook Live, maybe this guy wouldn't have been inspired to do this. He really wanted public attention. Facebook Live gave him a vehicle. I really hope in this particular instance there's just no crackdown uh, by the government on on um, the use of Facebook Live. And I think that Twitter has a similar thing that you can do on Twitter instead. But, you know, this stuff is it's obviously horrible and it's terrible consequences. You just, your heart goes out to this victim and his family and loved ones. Um, but Facebook Live was really misused, but, you know, Facebook can't be monitoring every single person wanting to use Facebook Live at every moment, and the government shouldn't be stopping them. I mean, it's, a, it's an unfortunate side effect that Facebook was involved, but this is just a, sounds like, really mentally unbalanced guy uh, from a few reports that I read, and um, obviously he needs to be arrested um, and, and uh, sent away for a long time. But I hope it doesn't become a free speech problem for Facebook. Well, you know, because this is this, you know, this is one of the just the latest incident. Of course, you had the um, uh, the mentally challenged individual that was beaten live on Facebook and, and tortured uh, not long ago in Chicago. Now you have this, and you're right. There'll be those that say we need to end, you know, this sort of um, live opportunity. But the fact of the matter is, it, no matter what you do, there are going to be those among us that that abuse the privilege in a way that is, well, frankly, evil. I guess. Evil, yes. And the other thing is, you know, Facebook tends to have, uh, to say the least, liberal leanings, liberal um, approach to politics in America. So I hate the notion that Facebook would decide what they would consider to be dangerous or, or unwise speech, especially if you announce it ahead of time. Suppose you had a rally in favor of Trump, and you're going to say, you know, we love President Trump, we support him, and we want to run this uh, live on, on Facebook. 
you might have some at Facebook because that doesn't sound good. I mean, Trump is a bad guy. We don't like him. And so you don't want them. I mean, they could. It's their product. It's a private company. They could do that. But I don't want Facebook Live, decide, Facebook employees deciding which speech is okay. But we're already headed Facebook that Live. way. You know, we're already headed that way with you know them deciding what they consider to be hate speech or inappropriate content and so on and so forth. Uh, we're already headed down that road. And then they've got their, their fake news police now uh, headed by um, – people of, of dubious backgrounds as far as their political affiliation are going to tell us whether or not it's fake news, which is also, well, to me, and maybe to you as well, Debbie, that's more uh, concerning to me is that people decide whether or not what I put up is factual for them or whether they agree or believe what I have found in my my digging, my research. And that that I find very worrisome. Oh, I could not agree more, and I'm so glad you raised that. This fake news thing, what, for example, if someone said, you know, I've done a lot of research, and I have concluded there is absolutely nothing to this argument of man-made climate change that's going to kill us all. This is a complete hoax. Would that be fake news to them? It might be to them. And yeah, that the idea well, of that they would decide that far more tender and important issues than just environmental issues that they could decide is, is fake news. It, it, it's a very alarming thing because the truth is, Facebook again—they're privately held, owned, and they could do that. They're not. Um, they're not controlled by First Amendment law because it's a private company. Well, exactly. They they don't have to respond to it. But you would think that, I don't know, freedom of speech should be out there. Well, you know, my, Lord, I don't know how to get around that because I certainly don't want the government running a Facebook page, if you will. You know, I don't want them involved. <laughs> Good Lord. You know, National Public Facebook, I don't need. Uh, all right, let's turn our attention now to, to Berkeley, to the protest, to the the alleged anti-fascists who beat or try to beat to the ground anybody who says anything they don't agree with, it would be it would be nice to, if they had an understanding of what fascism really meant. Wouldn't it? Wouldn't that be a clever place to start? It most certainly would, and I'm sure you may have mentioned with uh, to your listeners last week there was a similar incident with Heather McDonald at Claremont McKenna, and the only reason I raise her is because she was shut down and trying to give a speech on, in her book on the war on cops. But the basic thing that was so good about her is she came out afterwards with a really powerfully written piece talking about this exactly what you were just mentioning, this idea of fascism. Who is the fascist here? She wants to speak about FBI statistics. She has, you know, analyzed in detail that basically they undercut the argument of Black Lives Matter, that police are inordinately violent toward black Americans. So she steps back. She wants to speak. And, and share those, and then she had, was going to be having a Q&A. But she was saying the real fascists are the ones who shut down her speech, who think there's just you cannot speak on this campus because we don't like your message. Yeah, and that, to me, is the most frightening, whether it's Milo Yiannopoulos, who, you know, he's interesting. He's kind of a, he's his own thing. He's fairly self-involved. <laughs> I get all that. But still, he has the right to speak. He has the right to say, this is what I think. Whether you agree with it, you think he's, you know, Nuts, which I think he's probably nuts, but I think he's, you know, he's got an interesting point of view. Why should that be stifled by anyone? I couldn't agree more. And I actually think that people in authority, I do, I actually think at the national level, it'd be nice to have elected officials speaking out because this phenomenon at Berkeley and Claremont McKenna, it happens in smaller degrees in campuses around the country. It's a growing notion among young people that your right to free speech is actually includes 
shutting down what they characterize or they view as hate speech or mean-spirited. And so we've gotten to a point where they, there's a loss of the understanding of the, real, honestly, the beauty of the idea of free speech in Western civilization. And you need federal, you need big people at the federal level speaking up and saying, look, this is where the country's found on this. We have to be able to listen to each other. You don't have to agree, but to listen to each other, you don't have the right to shut someone else down because they don't agree with you. At least that's the way it's supposed to be. But I have said for a very long time, the uh, Constitution uh, for a lot of people is a nuisance. And it's not for people on the right. It's more of a nuisance for people on the left. I'll give you 15 seconds for the last word. I think that police need to be much more protective of free speech on campuses, whether it's local police or campus police, and stop protesters from interfering with free speech because it's a bad thing for America. I agree. Debbie, thank you. As always, good talking to you. Great talking to you. Thank you. Always W. Jojadis, radio talk show host, frequent Fox News radio national political analyst, lawyer, political strategist, and author here on The Steve Gerber Show.